Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Park a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Baby said she want to go to the game. To the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that's the- What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 229 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Padres just lost two out of three to the Dodgers. Uh, same story. Pitching didn't really show up today. Felt like the same story as last weekend. You know, the, they win a great game on Friday, and then on Saturday and Sunday, they pretty much get blown out. They definitely got blown out today. Uh, Will Myers, back-to-back weekends, he has to pitch against the Dodgers. It just, I'm just tired of it, obviously. I know a lot of Padre fans are tired of it, and I I just hope that it can change. I don't know if it's going to be this year. Uh, It's probably not going to be this year. I still think this team is a playoff team, just starting out of the gate here. I I still, I know they have a three-game lead on the Brewers right now, technically two games if you look at the standings and the wild card because the Brewers took care of business against the Reds today, winning, I think, 7-6. to six. They still have a playoff spot. I think they're a playoff team. But this it's just, I don't, I don't see this team beating the Dodgers come the postseason. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I'm just tired of watching these games and getting really, really excited and hyped up for these games, and then this is what happens. Um, there were some decisions I didn't agree with during this series, especially today. I mean, I know the game was probably out of hand at that point, 
uh, or at this point that I'm talking about, but it was seventh inning after Tim Hill walked Max Muncy on four straight pitches with the bases loaded to bring in Mookie Betts to make it six to two Dodgers. Bob Melvin decides to bring in Craig Stammen with the bases loaded. First pitch grand slam. That it's that stuff like that, it just pisses me off. Um I don't understand why Stammen is coming in with the bases loaded right off of the IL being activated. Bob Melvin talks about uh or he did talk about Pierce Johnson wanting to come in or he wanted Pierce Johnson to go into a game last night uh where it wasn't close. And he's one of the higher leverage relievers. Stammen's not. And they got him that low leverage situation. Bases loaded in a game uh, that's still, I guess, reachable. Maybe it didn't feel like it, but it, it's 6-2. It's not like it was 10-2 to at that point, which is what it ended up being. I mean, they lost 11-2, to but it was 10-2. to um, It was still within reach a little bit. That's not when you bring in Craig Stammen, I don't think. First time around, first time off the IL, you bring in him in that situation. I didn't agree with that. I don't like Craig Stammen pitching really in any situation. I know he does have to pitch, and I know he's a veteran, and he's going to be on this team, but I didn't think that's when you pitch him. Uh, but that that was just one little thing. That's That wasn't you know a huge issue in the game. That's not why the Padres lost today. It's not why they lost yesterday. Uh, but... It is, it's just the main message here to start off is I'm just, I've been tired of it for a while, but I'm just really tired right now of, you know, sitting through these games um, and it just feels like they have no chance. It feels like come the postseason, if they match up with these guys, I hope that it's competitive, but I don't have a reason to believe that the Padres can beat the Dodgers or are going to beat the Dodgers come postseason time if they do win a wild card series and then play the Dodgers. Uh, if they make the postseason, again, I think they're going to make the postseason, but they still have to make the postseason. They still got work ahead of them. You know, uh, Milwaukee has an easier schedule. They still have to play the Dodgers three more times. They got the Cardinals. They got Seattle these next two games after the off day tomorrow. Um, yeah, the Brewers do get to face, they have to face like the Yankees and the Mets this coming week, I believe, which is good for us. But they lost, the Padres lost the last two games that they played against Seattle uh, when they came here during, I think, was it that was that uh, Memorial Day or whatever? Um, Julio Rodriguez hit that huge home run. It might have been July 4th. Whenever it was, doesn't matter. That's not the point. They lost both games to Seattle earlier this year. And they don't play great in Arizona, which is, I believe, where they go next weekend uh, after the Seattle series for, I think it's four games against Arizona. So, um, Padres, they've got work ahead of them. Uh, feel free, leave some comments, your thoughts on the Padres here in the, in, uh, the comment section here live on YouTube. If you're watching on replay or you're listening to the podcast platforms, are listening on the podcast platform, so I appreciate that. You can support the channel using the Super Chat button. I'll make sure to get to those uh, here live and on regular videos or on replay. I believe you can use the Super Thanks button as well. 
Uh, before we get into this series, this episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. They're located inside Petco Park, Snapdragon Stadium, and on Friars Road. Uh, GaglioneBros.com is their website. Great cheesesteaks, fries, cheesesteak fries. I love those. So I recommend you check those guys out if you have not already. Uh, Joe, Glag- Joe Gaglione and those guys, they're great. Um, so I definitely recommend them. All right. So getting to this series, we'll definitely talk about all three games. Uh, at least we got to see Crony's walk-off on Friday, right? Crony's my favorite player, and that's probably the best moment that I've had at Petco this year in terms of like a Padres game, like uh, a result in a game or a certain play during a game. Uh, the Alfaro walk-off earlier this week was really cool, but having my favorite player do it against the Dodgers and shut up Dodger fans for one night, uh, I think that probably tops it. That was great. Um, but then obviously today and yesterday, Padres can't can't win the game, uh, and they pretty much got blown out in both games. Today, Jake Cronenworth was pretty frustrating. By the way, uh, Kevin Acey just tweeted, Darvish is going to start on Tuesday. Clevenger is going to start on Wednesday against Seattle. Maybe would have thought it would have been Manaya. He did pitch yesterday, one inning, looked good. 13 of his 15 pitches, I believe, were strikes. Uh, maybe the Padres were tr- treating that as like a bullpen session. But no, they're totally skipping him. And so he would, you would think he would start during the Arizona series at some point. Uh, but getting to today's game, man, it started off great. Crony with the home run in the second inning. Musgrove was pitching well, I thought. Um, throwing a lot of strikes. Very efficient. Had a nine-pitch, I think, second inning. Had a good fourth inning. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman had that air at first base. Jose Zocar using his speed and hustling, uh, getting to uh, second base on the liner that he hit. Justin Turner couldn't catch. And then he scored on that Freddie Freeman botched play. Got to third before scoring on the sack fly that probably a lot of Padres wouldn't try to to, uh, tag up on. Uh, But starting in the fifth, I mean, Musgrove missed spots. I believe Nola wanted uh, the slider down and away on both guys, Justin Turner and uh, Chris Taylor. But it leaked over the middle of the plate, and both guys homered to left, uh, left center. That tied it up. Sixth inning, another pitch that was left over the middle of the plate. Uh, Nola wanted it down and hung, I think it was a curveball, middle of the plate to Muncie, lines it to right. Mookie Betts scores, made it 3-2. to two. Uh, Freeman scored as well, so that made it 4-2 to two actually. Uh, that was, I believe, after they intentionally walked Freeman. Or Freeman, that might have been... No, I think I think they intentionally walked Freeman then. Yeah. They decided to intentionally walk him. Will Smith hit by pitch. Uh, he leaned into that. Must That was not on Musgrove. There should be a rule against that, but there's not. And so Will Smith got to go... Got to advance. Freddie Freeman got into scoring position, which allowed him to score on the Muncie single. Uh, so, of course, we knew that was going to go, that hit by pitch was going to go bite the Padres in the butt. Um, so, yeah, it just wasn't the strongest stuff from Joe. Kind of like his last outing, hung some pitches. And that's exactly what happened with him today. In the top of the seventh, 
Uh, Garcia was pitching. He didn't look that great today either. Uh, he hung a pitch. Trey Turner, it wasn't hit hard, but Azokar was playing pretty deep. Uh, that dropped in. Bellinger scored, made it 5-2. And then when Tim Hill came in, that's where it really went down. I mean, Tim's been great. I think he went like 19 innings or something without allowing an earned run. Um, he'd allowed, I think, a couple runs with guys on. Uh, but he, he'd been pitching good. But then he just couldn't find the strike zone with uh, Muncie up at the plate. I mean, make an adjustment, please. It's out on that talking friars on Twitter, the clip. You got pitches out of the zone, out of the zone, same spots. You'd think middle of the at-bat, okay, he'd make an adjustment, but he continued out of the zone, out of the zone, same spots. Every pitch of that at-bat, I believe, they were all out. Nola wanted it down. That's where the location was. Down and away, but inside the strike zone. And Tim Hill kept leaking it outside. Just kept going. Kept pulling it. So, just couldn't command his pitches there. And then, obviously, I talked about earlier, Craig Stammen coming in the game. His first outing after being activated off the IL. And... Freaking hung a pitch right down the middle of the plate. I didn't understand why Stammen was in the game in that situation. I talked about this on the pregame show here. They had everyone available. I know you're down by four runs, but you have everyone available. You have the off day tomorrow. Why is Stammen pitching in that situation? It's not 10-2 to 2 yet. And he comes in, and I know, um, I think he got a strikeout later in that inning, but who cares at that point? The game's over. It's 10-2 to 2 after... He gave up that grand slam to Turner, Turner's second home run of the game. Um, and right when that happened, it's, it's that's where it's like, all right, there's another moment. You just add up the moments of, I don't know if you want to say heartbreak, because you know the pot, they were down four runs at that point, but just severe disappointment. I mean, you go back to last year, first game at Petco Park, extra innings, Corey Seager homers. And I think the 12th inning to the park at the park or the area in front of that. Um, the 16 inning game at Petco Park last year where Tingler uses three pitchers as pinch hitters, uh, but the Padres still stay in the game. Snell pitches great and it's a tie game, uh, 16th inning. And I'm there at Petco Park the entire time. All for just A.J. Pollock to hit a home run uh, to center. I think it was into the Padres' bullpen. Those moments, you know. Um, and how about last weekend where Padres are facing the Dodgers. Amazing win. And then on Saturday and Sunday they lose. Uh, get blown out on Saturday. This weekend, Friday, amazing walk-off win. Like I, just like I talked about earlier. Probably the best moment, I think, for the Padres, or for me personally as a Padre fan, for me personally this year. Um, and then the next two games, they fall flat. That's what it felt like. They fell flat. Just severe disappointment. That's what it is. And that's just the last two years, obviously. Anyone that's listening or watching here that are that isn't 19 like I am, someone that's uh, 50 or 60, obviously you've, 
you know, dealt with a lot more brutal losses and the Dodgers owning the Padres than I have. But I'm just going over recent stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's disappointing. I'm just pissed off seeing Dodger fans just invade Petco Park. Um, And it's at the point where, like, you can't really say anything back to them about them saying Dodger Stadium South and all that stuff because it is when they come to town. Um, I know that there's been more fans that haven't sold their their seats, uh, you know, this year or in recent years because the Padres have put together a better product. Uh, But there are still a lot of people that are selling their seats to Dodgers fans. Um, I don't want to bash them totally because I understand where they're coming from with that. You know, like, you can make a profit off of it. Uh, You can sit on your couch. The bathroom is two feet away instead of, you know, there's no line instead of having to stand in long lines and pay for food and stuff. Um, And, or, you know, be at the ballpark and then you have to sit in traffic after what likely is a loss. I understand some people's viewpoint, some fans' viewpoints on selling tickets to Dodger fans, but don't you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I a true Padre fan? Like, do I really want to sell my tickets to Dodger fans? Like, it's one thing if you want to give your tickets to another Padre fan uh, to go to the game, but if you have season tickets behind the Dodgers or the visitors dugout and you just sell your seats every series, what's the point of having those games? That's what I ask. Um, you know, I have seats in the upper deck, in the 300s, but I don't go sell my tickets all the time, you know? And that's not, that's not a section that's, you know, like visible on TV. But for those that are visible on TV, I just don't understand it. I don't understand even when it's not on t- visible on TV. Like, why are you selling your tickets when the team went and acquired Juan Soto? They made all these moves. Like, aren't these the games that you want to be at? Aren't these, you know, you got season tickets. I would think these are the games that you want to go to. Padres, Dodgers, where you can see moments like Friday night. Wouldn't you want to be at those? I guess not. So that part, that that's a little painful to see, um, despite how great the team, or I shouldn't say great because the team's not great right now, but despite how many great players the Padres acquire you know, before the trade deadline, despite them getting Juan Soto and stuff, you still see all Dodger blue. And it's way too much Dodger blue for... I know that there's a lot of San Diego Dodger fans, and that pisses me off even more. Um, People that are born here, raised here, but they still like the Dodgers. Uh, You know, I I was sitting behind one guy who was wearing Dodger stuff, and he was like, during non-Dodger games, I root for the Padres. Like, that stuff pisses me off too. Like, um, I'm just, I'm tired of Dodger fans invading Petco. Dodgers pounding the Padres, uh, Padres not winning series against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, yeah, they're a better team. I I understand that. 
but I'm still frustrated. I'm still just pissed off about the whole situation, to be honest. Like, I still think this team, it's a playoff team. The Padres, that is. Uh, but like I said earlier, I just don't see how you can convince me that they're, they can beat the Dodgers in a series, a best of five or a best of seven series. Both teams fully healthy. Both teams, you know, are hitting and pitching. They're not on that Dodgers level, and that's clear. Um, so I already covered kind of today's game. I know there's a lot of chat stuff, so I can get to that. We'll talk about Saturday's game, obviously. Talk about Friday's amazing win, uh, but obviously not that happy right now because Saturday and today happened. But yeah, Joe, I don't want to say I'm worried or you know concerned, but it is still you know the theme of this episode, the word disappointing. It's still disappointing seeing him pitch like this today um, where he started off good. I think he threw more strikes than balls, but ultimately hung too many pitches. And the Dodgers lineup, it feels like it's one through nine. They can all homer whenever. Um, What was Justin Turner hitting today? Justin Turner was hitting, I think, sixth in the lineup. Homer, Trace Thompson, you know, pinch hit today. Uh, I know he started on Friday. He homered, and he homered last Sunday off Morahone. You know, Chris Taylor can homer. He homered today. He was hitting eighth in the lineup. We know Bellinger can homer sometimes, you know, and he was hitting ninth today. Like, they just have more depth than the Padres. Um, And it doesn't feel like Padres one through nine, anyone can hit a home run, right? I think that's a difference, obviously, between the Padres and the Dodgers. yeah, just just disappointing. That that's obviously the theme. Tim Hill, I'm not going to get on him too much, other than I thought he should have been making an adjustment today, like I talked about earlier uh, with that four pitch walk to Muncie. First two pitches are like the same spot, uh, and doesn't make an adjustment. Uh, bringing in Stammen, I already talked about that. Will Myers, by the way, when he came in. Gave up that home run to Trey Turner. Whatever. He's not a pitcher, obviously. Uh, but I love his pace of play. I love his urgency, obviously. Um, and Hassan Kim. What a play. That, I guess that's one bright spot from today, right? Crony homering and Hassan Kim. What a play. What a freaking play he made in that ninth inning. If you didn't see it, just look up uh, at Talking Friars on Twitter. Full Jeter mode. I mean, jump throw everything. And then Josh Bell. With the great stretch. Hey, look at that. We got a first baseman who can stretch. What a concept that is. Um, those were, I mean, I guess a couple bright spots. Eggy Rosario got his first major league hit today, even though it wasn't like a clean hit. The pitcher maybe had a chance to field it, hit off his glove, I think. But Rosario hustled. So um, there's, I guess, a few bright spots. But, I mean, that's not, you know. We're not going to care about that, right? Because the Padres lost the series. And they are... They lost ground on the wild card standings today. They still have the wild card spot, but they have a three-game lead technically over Milwaukee now instead of four. Um, you, if you look in the standings, it's two. But because of the tiebreaker, if they have identical records, the Padres 
have a three-game lead because of the tiebreaker. Um, Milwaukee, by the way, if this is up to date, they have a better run differential now than the Padres do. Their run differential is plus 25. The Padres is plus 22. So a couple of these blowouts the last week uh, has resulted in a, a uh, worse run differential now than Milwaukee, who is two games behind us in the wild card standings. Disappointing. Uh, that's what it is. Phillies right now are up 7-5 on Washington, so they look like they're going to be a game and a half up on the Padres for the second wild card uh, when their game ends against Washington. They were dealing with some weather issues. Uh, but we can move to Saturday's game. Padres lost 8-4. to four. By the way, I will get to your chats. Don't worry. I'm going to get to that at the end. Uh, I know there's a lot of people commenting and stuff. I'll get to all of them or the ones that I should read. Uh, again, I appreciate that. If you want to support the channel, you can use that super chat button to make sure I get to it because I know that there are a lot of comments in here. So if you want to make sure I get to it, uh, it kind of like highlights it on my screen. You can just use that super chat button. I appreciate your support. Um, on Saturday, so losing 8-4, to four, it really was like 8-2. to two. Padres scored two runs in the ninth. Um, Manny owns Julio Arias. I guess, I guess that's the bright spot from this series. Two home runs off of him. That was pretty much the only offense other than obviously the ninth inning. Um, but Blake Snell, the fifth inning, obviously, that's where he collapsed. The inconsistency is, is what it continues to be maddening with him. Um, you know, I'm going to go through the fifth inning here. Walking Thompson, giving up the double down the left field line to Barnes. Walking bets on four pitches, giving up the Trey Turner double, uh, giving up another double. I know the Freddie Freeman double uh, after Trey Turner's double. I know that that one, it, it wasn't inside the strike zone, but he still didn't hit his spot. Nola wanted it down, and it ended up being up and out of the strike zone. Uh, you know. Lack of fastball command. That was the big thing, I thought. I think he said that uh, in his post-game media scrum as well in the clubhouse. It's maddening. I mean, he had a few really, really good starts. Um, six shutout innings, I think it was, against the Giants. And then, what was it? I think it was against the Dodgers, his last start, right? He pitched really good. I think he gave up, wasn't it one run that he allowed? But then the wheels fell off, obviously. Uh, you know, I forget if the final pitch to Mookie was the fastball in. That might have been the third ball to him in that at-bat. But, man, just totally missing his location. And he has so much talent, obviously. And I still you know, believe in the guy, and he'd be my three-starter if uh, the postseason started today. If you could line him up, it would probably be Darvish Musgrove. I know Musgrove didn't pitch great today, but it it would still probably be Darvish Musgrove and then Snell for me in those three games. Um, but it's still maddening. Uh, you know, before that fifth inning, what was the score? It was 
um, two to one. No, no, no. It was it was a tie game, I think. Yeah, it was a tie game through four innings, and then the fifth, Dodgers scored four runs, three runs in the seventh. Game's over, obviously. And the Padres, they did have nine hits. I know some of them were in that ninth inning. Um, but yeah, the offense does need to come together. Uh, I think, you know, more than just Manny on a night, if you're going to beat the Dodgers, obviously. But the starting pitching, it, it does have to keep you in the game. And these last couple days, Snell didn't keep him in the game there. After the, Once that fifth inning was over, it felt like the game was over. And then in this Musgrove start, Today, um, obviously, after, what was it? Was it the, was it the Muncie, no, I think it was the Freddie Freeman double. Or the Freddie Freeman, was it the single? No, to be honest, it was kind of after the Max Muncie single to right. Uh, that made it 4-2 on that hanging pitch. I know it's only two runs, but it kind of felt like it was over there after, um, you know, seeing the offense. You know, one of the runs that they scored before um, before the Dodgers made it 4-2 to there, one of the two runs was because of the Dodgers' defense. It's not like it was the Padres' offense. Uh, Azokar hit a ball that should have been caught by Turner. Cool. I like that he hustled the second, uh, but then it was a fly ball that got him to third, and then it was a ground ball that was right to Freddie Freeman that he botched, pulled a Hosmer, uh, and Azokar scored. So it's not like that one that run that they scored was you know encouraging or anything. They shouldn't have even scored that run. Um, and then Crony obviously with the solo home run, but that was that was all the offense that they had through the first you know two thirds or whatever of the game. Um, Three up, three down in the first. Crony obviously had the home run in the second. Uh, but then in the third, obviously, that run was given to the Padres. In the fourth, three up, three down. I mean, Will Myers today struck out four times, struck out three times looking. He, I, man, I've sat through so many of those, you know, Sunday three, four struck out, strikeout Will Myers games. So I, I guess I could be used to it. But that that's still frustrating. I mean, striking out four times, and three of them are look three of them are looking. That's just telling me that he's not ready for the fastball. The fastball specifically on the last at bat, he was just like frozen. And so yeah, other guys definitely need to contribute. I know people are going to bring up Juan Soto, but no, I think I think it's idiotic to be concerned about Juan Soto. It's more people than just him. Um, I, I believe he had a liner today. It was caught. Yesterday, he had a line drive single up the middle, uh, kind of going the opposite way. Uh, if you're going, you know, based on the second base bag, went on the shortstop side of the bag on the single. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about Soto. He's going to find it. To me, it's more about, you know, what the catching position can do consistently offensively, what Will and, uh, you know, Josh Bell can do consistently offensively. Uh, good, the good news is they're getting Brandon Drury back. I would think, for the Seattle series. Uh, but that's more, I guess, my concern. Um, what is Profar doing lately? 
It's probably not even going to load for me. Okay, I got to scroll down. I'm, I'm going to the game logs. Bear with me here about Profar. So Profar got one hit in this Dodger series, but then he he had five hits in, the, in his last four games entering the Dodgers series. So he's actually been doing pretty well. I know they've moved him down the order. I, I don't know what they're going to do with center field, to be honest, either. Like, is it going to be... It feels like it's a Zokar in center field uh, when lefties are on the mound and when righties are on the mound, it's Grisham, kind of that platoon. Uh, I guess I'm okay with that. You know, for me, I guess if you have to point out a few guys, it's probably the catching position. And I know that's not a few guys. That's just a position I pointed out. But it's probably that. And I haven't dug into the stats, you know, or, you know, recent game logs or anything. But it's probably him, you know, Nola or Alfaro, whoever is catching. And then probably Josh Bell and Will. I, I know that's going to turn into Drury and Will or Bell probably um, when Drury comes back. And Drury's been actually playing well with the Padres. But those are two or three guys I'd probably point to. I'm not expecting a ton out of Grisham or Azokar down in the order, but if Josh Bell is going to be hitting, you know, fourth every game, fourth or fifth, middle of the order, that's what Will's been doing as well. I want them to come through as well. Um, at least get on base, like striking out four times in one game. I'm sorry, you can't, you can't have that happen. Let's see, Josh Bell... Went one for uh, one for thirteen, I believe, in this Dodger series, and he's five. Or excuse me. Oh my bad, I was in the I was looking in the wrong category. My bad. No, he actually did good. He was four for thirteen in this Dodger series. My bad. Hang on, then I got to go back to Profar then. So. Because I think I was looking at the wrong category for Profar, too. So, Profar. No, Profar. He went one for... One for 11 in this Dodger series. I was right about him. I was looking at the wrong category for Bill. But those are still guys I'd, I'd point to, to be honest. Um, I, I'm Look, I, I know time's running out, but I, I'm still, and this might be crazy to say, but I still think it's early to, to say, to be worried or to be like fully concerned about Juan Soto in a Padres uniform. Um, they still got, what, three weeks left? And you, you could say, obviously, in the season, it's not too early, obviously, because it's September. But with the Padres, I mean, I, I still think it's too early. And, yeah, he's in a slump. But you still got to realize that this guy's one of the best hitters on the planet, so he's not going to stay in this slump. Like, he's going to find it at some point during the season. I know someone in the chat here, Mike, says, 
he's going to find it in in uh, December in the batting cage. No, he's going to find it during the season. I'm confident he's going to find it during the season. You hope it's on Tuesday in Seattle. We'll see. But I, I did think that he had some better at-bats, uh, better contact these last couple games in this Dodgers series. And on Friday, he helped the team win. Padres wouldn't have won without him. Uh, well, maybe they would have, but he walked uh, before Manny's uh, game-tying hit on Friday, scored the game-winning run with his speed. So he's still impacted the team in other ways. He has, an, he has a cannon for an arm. He's been playing surprisingly great defense for the Padres. I've said this. I know people probably have heard me say this multiple times, all of those things I just said about Soto. Like, he's helping the, teams in other, the team in other ways. It's not like he's, you know, sucking at the plate and not getting on base, uh, or he's sucking at the plate and sucking in the field, you know, being a liability defensively. That's not what I'm seeing from Soto. Um, so that's just my thoughts on the lineup right now. And hopefully they get a reinforcement back um, on Tuesday for the, out of the, for the Seattle series with Brandon Jury. Um, on Friday was a great game. Uh, Padres won that one 5-4 back and forth. Just what a game. I mean, I know there's a ton of Dodger fans, Dodger Stadium South and all that. And when Dodger fans say that, they're correct. Just look at the stadium when they're coming at Petco. It's it's a factual statement right now, and I just hope that's not the case um, maybe next year because uh, you feel like that's going to be the case definitely this year. It's probably going to be the case next year. I'm just, I guess, being too optimistic about Padre fans not selling tickets and showing up. I, I know Padre fans do show up, but when you, it's just embarrassing to see how many Dodger fans are there. Um, uh, I'm just tired of it, to be honest. All right, so Friday's game, back and forth. Huge job out of the bullpen after Clev gave up four runs. They go five scoreless innings. Steven Wilson, Luis Garcia, Robert Suarez, Josh Hader, Adrian Morahone. They gave up one hit combined. That was Suarez. They walked one guy, struck out eight guys, I believe. Yeah, struck out eight guys. Man, Grisham coming up with a huge, huge three-run home run to put him in the lead at one point. Manny obviously coming up clutch with that hit down the right field line. Mookie helping out as well, obviously with him booting it. But uh, tremendous, tremendous fight that they showed back and forth. Obviously, Suarez, Hader, and Morahone there in the 8th, ninth, and 10th innings, uh, holding it down. Morahone in the 10th inning. You got a runner on second base, and who was up in the 10th? It, it was the meet their lineup. Betts, Turner, and Freeman. Got Betts to fly out, Turner to strike out, and then Freeman to fly out to center. I mean, huge performance from Morahone on, on a Friday night. And Hayter, I think he's looking a lot better. Um, some of you guys might not want to believe in him, and that's fine. Whatever. You can think what you think, um, but I believe in that guy. I really like what I'm seeing as of late with Josh Hader. Consistency-wise, uh, inside the strike zone, 
think he's a lot better with that. Um, the velocity's still there. Uh, it's been there pretty much the whole time that he's with uh, the whole time that he's been with the Padres. The velocity has been there. It's obviously been the location that's been the issue, right? Uh, so I'm encouraged by what I saw from Josh Hader. Uh, Steven Wilson pitched well, struck out the side, but obviously on Saturday he didn't pitch that great. But we're just focused on Friday's game right here. Tremendous job out of the bullpen. Uh, and there were a lot of contributors offensively. Like Friday, last Friday at Dodger Stadium when they blew out the Dodgers, and this past Friday at Petco, it showed that the Padres can contend with the or with the Dodgers, excuse me, when everything is going right. But that's the thing, when everything is going right. Not everything is going to go right. You know, and we saw that Saturday and Sunday. If the starting pitching isn't going right, this Dodgers offense is going to capitalize and score a lot of runs. And most nights, the Dodgers starting pitching is going right. And so that's not a good combination. Um, and, you know, when you put in Tim Hill or Craig Stammen in these games and they don't have it, you have to face three batters, that's a problem. The Dodgers offense is going to capitalize. I talked about their depth earlier. You know, that, that's, that's the difference. That's a big difference in the Dodgers and the Padres is the depth. You know, Justin Turner sometimes hitting bottom half of the lineup, and you have Chris Taylor down there, and they can hit home runs at any moment. I don't feel that way with, you know, Jose Azokar in there. Um, I love his hustle, but that's just a fact. I don't feel that with Austin Nola in there, you know. Um, so that, that's a difference is their depth. Um, but, I mean, it was a great moment. A great moment in that 10th inning where Heath Hembry's in the game, Soto starts at second. They intentionally walk Manny, which... Probably was the right decision. Manny said that to Marty Caswell, I believe, yesterday before the game. And uh, Dave didn't want to pitch to him. That was the right decision. Um, Josh Bell called out on strikes, but then Crony comes up. He had that fly out. Manny had a chance to tag earlier in the game. I trust Manny, so I, I didn't want to... I, I wasn't going to complain about that decision of him not tagging up there. I forget what inning that was, but I think it was a fly, a fly ball, shallow fly ball to center uh, on the Cronenworth line drive, and he didn't tag. Uh, and it was a bad throw. Turner cut it off the, uh, near the mound. It wasn't going really towards home. It was kind of going to the right of home plate. Uh, but that didn't cost the Padres. Crony comes up with another line drive swing. And it seems like to me he's not trying to launch it as much as he did, say, a couple weeks ago or during the Miami series when they were in Miami. Uh, it did feel like that swing was kind of you know, really getting launch angle focused. But when he has a line drive swing, this is the guy that he can be. And that moment at Petco, seeing those Dodger fans shut up for a moment was amazing. Um, I was jumping in the air. I was, I was so ecstatic with that moment. Um, and... You know, the, some Padre fans, man, it, it brought me back when I was walking out earlier this year when they were like, no, I'll, I'll trade him. I'll trade him for Soto, not realizing how much value Crony has to this team. And that's just that's not me just talking here as 
a biased Padre fan who has Cronenworth as his favorite player. And that's me talking as someone just watching the game non-emotionally, just seeing everything, just facts, seeing everything that he can do defensively in the field, playing short, second, and first. When he has a line drive swing, like this guy can homer, as we saw he did twice in this series. He can hit a line drive to right field with the guy on second base to go win the game. There's so many things that this guy does. He plays every day. That's something I think is underappreciated. Him and Manny, you can count on them to be in the Padres lineup every day. Unless there's a scheduled off day. If there's no scheduled off day, they're not saying, oh man, my ankle hurts. They're going to be in there every day unless, you know, you fracture an ankle or, um, <laughs> you know, the injury that Manny had in Colorado earlier this year. They're going to play. They're the Iron Man of this Padres team. And so I think that has to be very, very appreciated. And I love, so I, I love seeing Crony have his moment. Absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, that was a great start to the series on Friday when the Padres won 5-4. But obviously, like I talked about earlier, not being able to finish, the pitching not really being on on Saturday and, uh, Saturday and today, the offense not clicking a ton yesterday or today. I like that they showed fight at the end of yesterday's game, but we knew the game was over. And so obviously it, it brings me back to the point of being disappointed. Just tired of the Dodgers coming in and beating the Padres. Tired of the Padres going up to Dodger Stadium and Padres have a great start to the series and then can't finish. And so, yeah, they're not on the same level as the Dodgers. Um, and I, again, I think this team's a playoff team. I'll continue to say it until they're mathematically eliminated because I believe in the talent on this team. Um, and yeah, that might be me speaking, I guess, with emotions a little bit instead of looking at the team because I know there's some fans out there that are you know, going to look at this series and look at my Milwaukee schedule and say, no, uh, Ben, obviously Padres aren't a playoff team. Look at this crap that happened. But you bring in Soto, you bring in Hayter. I believe Soto's going to turn it around. Manny's continuing to be Manny. Crony's playing better. Drury's coming back on Tuesday. Um, I, I like the bullpen where it's at mostly. I don't think Stammen should be pitching a whole lot. Um, but I like, they, they have talent in that bullpen. And uh, so I just think, I just go back to the talent thing. And maybe that's foolish to me, but I think there, there's just too much talent on this team to not make the playoffs. Um, and I probably said that last year. There's too much talent on this team for this team to choke, and they choked. But this year, it still feels different. It's still because they have more talent this year, I believe, than they did last year. You know, they have a better manager this year than they did last year. It just feels different to me. Um, and so I'm going to continue believing in this team. If you don't want to believe in this team, fine. You can think what you want to think. But keep that same energy if this team makes the postseason. Oh, is that true? I see someone in the comments saying that Drury's not going to be available until Arizona. Sorry, I haven't even been looking at Twitter here. I, I've just been 
talking. Annie Halburn says it's possible Manaya returns to the rotation in the Arizona series. Oh, yeah, okay. Jeff Sanders says jury not expected to join the Padres until Arizona at the earliest. Okay, so scratch everything I said about jury being available for Seattle. Scratch that. I, I guess it's Arizona then. I, I still think they can at least win one in Seattle, maybe both. Um, and I'm definitely confident with Darvish on the mound. And I'm pretty confident, I think, in Clev being on the mound, to be honest. So, all right, well. Then they're gonna have to go win without Drury, and hopefully they can get they can get him back uh, for Arizona. And uh, what I'll just say about that then, with Josh Bell and Will Myers, they just have to play better. Then um, specifically, Will like after I know he doubled last night off the wall. I, I think it's it's the strikeouts. It's you know the strikeouts looking. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Um, so they just need to be better over these, uh, at least over these next couple games before Jury comes back. Jury's been playing really well. By the way, Seattle just hit a walk-off home run uh, against Atlanta off Kenley Jansen, Eugenio Suarez. So looks like they'll be riding high going into Tuesday's game. Seattle, by the way, I believe are uh, they're in a playoff spot. I know that they're in the wild card. So they're fighting, obviously. It's going to be a tough series. But look, I'm going to continue believing in this team. I just am. Call me a fool if you want me if you want to. But I'm going to continue believing in this team. Uh, by the way, I did want to get to the Bob Melvin stuff because I know there was conversation about that on Twitter, um, about the analytics and all that. Uh, but by the way, if you missed it, Beatty was DFA'd before Saturday's game. Thank goodness that guy had a negative war with the Padres. Wasn't helping them at all. There was no reason for him to be on the team still. Kinnear was sent down before Johnson and Nola were activated. Nola was activated after one day on the paternity list. Uh, and then today, Stammen obviously was activated. Um, Chris Matt was sent down. Obviously, that doesn't look great right now. After Stammen first pitch gives up a grand slam when he comes back. I didn't, I didn't agree, obviously with the situation putting him in there, but it is what it is, and Stammen, it's not like we're expecting this guy to be pitching in these high-leverage situations, which hopefully he won't be. Um, all right, getting to the Bob Melvin stuff again. I'm going to get to your chat. I'm going to get to the chat, excuse me. I'm going to get to the comments, the questions, uh, complaints. I'm sure you probably have complaints with stuff I've said. Um, I'll get to that. Uh, but David Cohn said on towing the slab, probably this week, that Bob Melvin told him he misses uh, Oakland's analytics department specifically uh, with the matchups, matchups, you know, bullpen relievers against specific hitters, uh, and that San Diego. Um, he said San, pretty much San Diego doesn't have that. And he misses that with Oakland. Like, that's the one part that he misses with Oakland. Let me pull up the audio for you. And by the way, before I play the audio, Bob Melvin did clarify today 
Because I know a lot of people were saying, oh, what a surprise. Preller not believing in analytics, not a big analytics staff. Uh, you know, this is a bad look on him in the front office. Bob Melvin did um, clarify today. He said, quote, I'm getting a ton of information, end quote, um, and said pretty much in Oakland, he had to follow. His point was, so David Cohn, in Oakland, he had to pretty much follow what the sheet told him. Here in San Diego, he gets the analytics and the matchups and all that, and he gets a ton of information. He just doesn't have to go off of the sheet. Uh, he gets a little more leeway there. Like, he can trust his guys more probably than he would have been able to trust his guys in Oakland. That's, I think, or that's what Bob Melvin was telling. That's what Bob Melvin meant when he was speaking with David Cohn. So, again, here is the audio. Hang on, let me pull it up. This is the audio yesterday that, well, I don't know if it was yesterday, but I saw the audio yesterday of David Cohn talking about uh, what Bob Melvin told him about San Diego's analytics compared to Oakland's um, analytics department. Once again, I go back to an, a conversation I had with Bob Melvin recently. You know, and once again, for the, you know, for Sunday Night Baseball at San Diego Padres, he told me one thing he misses about being in Oakland is the analytics because the San Diego analytics department wasn't on par with the Oakland A's analytics department, in particular matchups for his bullpen late in the game. He wishes he had the information that he had with Oakland that he doesn't have with San Diego right now. It's Bob Melvin, one of the best managers in the game who manages both sides, a good old school guy and a good new school guy. He's got the perfect balance. He talks about, you know what? I need that information. I want that matchup information for late in games. Why wouldn't Joe Madden want that? Why wouldn't you want that information? Why wouldn't you want that guy in your office before the game telling you what the best matchups are based on the best information available? How could you not want that? I don't get it. Yeah, so that was David Cohn, obviously. He works with Sunday Night Baseball, analyst there. He also does Yankee games on Yes. Um, so when he's talking about you know, the managers, why wouldn't you want that guy uh, in your office before games? Bob Melvin does have that guy in his office before games. That's pretty much what he was telling reporters earlier today. Uh, I don't know if it was today or it was yesterday, but Kevin Acey put it out today. He does have the information. He just is allowed to uh, maybe make more trust moves instead of strictly looking at the stats and making a move based on what the stats tell him. Like if his gut tells him something else, the Padres allow him to go, go with that gut, go with that other move. So it's not, look, the Padres could have a bigger analytic staff. Um, yeah. Uh, Dave Cameron or whatever his name is, that fan graphs guy was hired by the Padres. Didn't want Hosmer. And then the Padres went out and got Hosmer. Um, and Dave Cameron, I believe at that point was, one of their higher analytics guys. He has now stepped away. I think he's with the Mariners now. Um, so that's one analy a big analytics guy saying no to one player. And the Padres, Preller, Ron Fowler at the time saying yes. And what happens? The, an the analytics guy ends up being correct in that situation. So I guess that's a big example of Preller maybe not going as much into the analytics as, you know, like the Rays or maybe the Dodgers do. Um, and, but those, those are two really heavy analytic teams, you know. 
I think there needs to be a balance. I think analytics, you're dumb if you don't utilize them. Uh, but I think it's also not to, I think it's important to not only look at the analytics. I think you got to have both. You got to have some feel, got to have gut. Cause you know, these guys are humans as well. Um, and I think Bob Melvin, he does balance the analytics and managing with feel and being confident in his players. Well, I think he gains a lot of respect from his players for allowing them the chance, the opportunity to work through jams, specifically starting pitchers, right? I know that sometimes those decisions don't work out well, but you only hear us complaining about, you know, Melvin leaving in a starter uh, when those decisions don't go well. At least for me, I don't see a lot of people praising Melvin if they leave in if he leaves in Musgrove in the seventh inning earlier this year and he gets out of it. You know, you only hear about it when he's not able to get out of an inning. Um, so that's Twitter, though. You know, I'm not like complaining about that, but that's just Twitter. We love to react to stuff. So I wanted to talk about that analytics stuff and clear that out, uh, clear that up, because I know that there was a lot of conversation. There were a lot of people uh, kind of bashing the Padres front office and AJ for, you know, not giving Bob Melvin the analytics that Oakland has. It seems like, according to Bob Melvin, if you trust him, that he does get the information. He's just allowed to be the actual manager, make decisions more than he probably was in Oakland. That's what I got from Bob Melvin's comments. Um, so there's that. All right. Let me get to the comments here. Obviously, if you're just joining, Padres took, or they lost two out of three. They took the first game, lost two out of three to the Chargers. I'm scrolling all the way up to the top. So if you have any questions, any comments, get them in and I'll eventually get to them. Um, Oside Patriot 760 says, got spanked today exactly like last weekend. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, again, the Friday game was great. First game of the series was great. And then the Dodgers showed they have more depth. They're the better team. They showed that in the next two games. Very tired of being getting beat by our big brother. Yep, that's what it feels like. Michael says, why do I get my hopes up thinking they can beat the Doyers? and look like a bunch of little leaguers against them. Yeah, I get my hopes up too because I, I feel like things are going to change. Uh, this is going to be the series where the starting pitching is dominant, everything is working, and they can win a series. And I'm partly right. They have everything working in one of the games, it seems like, in the series. They just can't do it consistently throughout the series. Uh, and again, I, I probably said this for the hundredth time now this episode, the depth is what shows the Dodgers depth being able to have a home run hitter or someone who can hit a home run at any point in your eight spot in the lineup. Like that's huge for them, for the Dodgers. And I guess I'm just trying to stay optimistic um, in terms of the team making the postseason. I think they're still a postseason team, but I, I do understand uh, the reality is they're not as good as the Dodgers are. Obviously that's, that's like a captain obvious statement. Hector Flores says Padres are a butt word. Uh, we can never put together a complete game against quality competition. Uh, by the way, the reason why I don't say, you know, curse words or 
uh, anything like that. Eight, you know, ASS, that's not a curse word, but I just don't know if, because it's it goes on the podcast as well. And so for the other company that I work for, I don't know if they allow that. So I'm going to have to check with that on them uh, or with them. And then once I get that clarified, then I can do it. Uh, but yeah, he says, Padres are pretty much trash. We can never put together a complete game against quality competition. Uh, I mean, did on Friday, last Friday against the Dodgers. You, they can do it. It's just they can't. They haven't shown that they can do it like super consistently. And they definitely haven't shown that they can do it consistently against the Dodgers. JD's third, man. He loves, I don't think he likes me, but anyway, he probably has a ton of comments in here. It says, Dodgers are far superior in every way. They will knock us out of the playoffs the next series. I agree with that. They're the better team. Uh, Padres are not winning, are not a winning team or organization. Uh, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, they are a winning team. They have a winning record, buddy. So you're wrong on that. I understand your point. Like the Dodgers are better than the Padres. I've already said that multiple times, though. I, I agree with that. Um, but I, I still, I'm still optimistic about this team making the postseason and being able to win the wildcard series. JD's third again. This team is pathetic from Bowmel to AJ to Soto to everyone. Manny's pathetic? Really? All right. He said everyone. Nick Martinez is pathetic. He's been pathetic this year, all of this year. No, no, he hasn't. You Darvish is pathetic. Juan Soto, he's in a slump right now. What don't you understand? Yeah, should he be better? Is he going to have to be better the rest of this month? Yeah, but they're not pathetic, okay? Inside Edge Sports says, hey, Ben, great talk yesterday. Could you tell people to go to Inside Edge Sports? We got some great content in the video with you. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. So I did an interview um, with those guys, Inside Edge Sports. Just look them up on YouTube. They're just starting up their channel. Um, they're in high school. So uh, I encourage you, if you want to hear my thoughts on Major League Baseball, all the Major League Baseball, more Padres stuff, uh, I talked with them before yesterday's game. Um, so I encourage you to check that out. Randy here says, preach, I hear you. I'm beyond being pissed off. I'm over wishing they can be something they can't be. I'm into acceptance of it. Oh, well. Well, no, I, I don't want to accept it. Like, I realize that the Dodgers are better than the Padres, but I don't want to just accept it. Because when you when you accept it and let's say let's say this for the fans, I guess it you can accept it if you want to, but like if the players they oh we're just gonna accept the Dodgers are better than us, and then they just get content with that and they stop working their butts off, you know, um, that's where it's like okay, well then yeah, if you're telling yourself that you're not gonna be better or you can't be better than the Dodgers. 
then you're never going to be better than the Dodgers. You, the players and I hope fans, they've got to believe still in the team um, that they can turn things around until they can't turn things around, like literally can't. But part of being a fan is being passionate about it. So if you, you want to bail, then bail. Go for it. JD's third says Soto is lost until next season. He is a bust. Sad but true. I think that's an idiotic take, to be honest. Um, I'm not calling you one. I just think that opinion is is dumb. He's one of the best hitters that we've ever seen is a bust. He's lost until next season. Dude, we still got how many weeks left? One, two. We still got three weeks left. For Soto to turn around, that's I still think it's premature to say oh, this guy's a bust. He's lost until next season. You can't count on the guy. That's that's just being reactionary. I understand you can be upset with Juan Soto. Uh, you can be up, and if you're upset with Soto, you got to be upset with a lot of the other guys in the lineup too. It's not just him. AJ Tingler Preller is an idiot and should just go away. Nine years is enough already. He did his job. What what don't you understand? Preller did his job. I'm sure you've been in here when I've already said this, but Preller did his job before the trade deadline. Who did we want? Did we want Juan Soto? Yes. Guess what? He traded the entire farm system for the guy, along with Abrams and Gore. He traded James Wood and Robert Hassel III and Susana for Soto. He got it done. He got Josh Hader, who was the best reliever on the market available. A blockbuster deal. He did that. He didn't just stop there. He went out and got Josh Bell, who was hitting over 300 when he came here for the season. He went out and got Brandon Drury, who was not, uh, you know, didn't have this huge salary. And he's been producing with the Padres when he's healthy. So you can say nine years is enough, and I guess you're justifiable. That would have been justified if he didn't make moves before this trade deadline and the team was playing like this. But it's not his fault anymore. It's on the players. So anyone that says Preller should be gone, one, that's not going to happen. He has an extension, and he went out and made the moves to make this team into a World Series contender. He didn't know Tatis was going to go get popped. He didn't know that Soto was going to be in this slump. He didn't know Hayter was not going to, you know, have command the first, like, few weeks he was, a, he was a Padre. That's not his fault. He went out, he went out and his, did his job. He went out and acquired the best players pretty much available at the positions that they needed. not on him. Lizzie says, maybe have Soto lead off because it ain't working hitting in the two spot. I don't think it's that. Um, 
he's going to have the same approach, whether it's leadoff or in the two-hole anyway. Um, so I don't think it's that. They're going to keep him hitting two or three or wherever. They're going to keep him in one of those two spots, I would think, the rest of the year. It's Juan Soto, guys. This isn't a guy that's had a career year, and that's it. Like, he's one of the best hitters of all time. We're, we're already saying that. He's already been being compared to Ted Williams, you know. I think, I think he has some leash. SD fan 44 says Dodgers fans own Petco facts. Uh, pretty much what it, I mean right now when the Dodgers go play the Padres. Yeah. Cause tons of people sell their tickets and Dodger fans take over. They have the better team. Uh, their fan base is annoying, but those are the facts right now. Yeah, I see a lot of frustration in the chat, and that, that's what it is. I, I agree. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm tired of continuing to lose series against the Dodgers. JD's third, it's back again, saying, we baby this team and players too much, no accountability. We get lectured for booing bad performance while they continue fleecing us for money, regardless of winning or losing. Look, had there been times where I've probably given players a longer leash and remained optimistic? Yeah, probably. Uh... But that's probably me just being an, literally an optimistic Padre fan that wants this to turn around and still believes that this thing can turn around. And I also think that when things don't go right, everyone focuses on only the bad stuff and they forget that this team's still in a playoff spot. What matters is them getting in which I think they will still do. And then, how are they doing going into the wildcard series? That's what matters. It doesn't matter what they're doing right now if they get in. It matters what they're doing in the last week of the season going into the wildcard series. How are the starting pitchers pitching? Is Joe Musgrove back to being Joe Musgrove? Because if he is, then that's a very good sign. Is Juan Soto hitting along with Manny? And crony. If he is, then that's a really good sign. That's what matters. So if you want to, you know, only focus on the negative stuff, feel free. But I don't want to only focus on the negative stuff. I, I realize, look, I realize Soto has to be better. Okay, I understand. There's a lot of other guys that need to be better. Musgrove should pitch better. I understand that. Snell can't have those blow-up innings. But this team still has a lot of talent. They're still in a playoff spot. And you still have three weeks left. 
in the season, three plus weeks. So personally, I'm trying to take a chill pill. If you don't want to, go ahead. Get riled up all you want. Victor Nunez says, your players are all cocky. The fact you all celebrate meaningless games is hilarious. Well, it's not meaningless. It might be meaningless to you guys, but guess what? When Justin Turner hit a grand slam today, I saw all the Dodger fans at Petco Park go nuts. So I'm pretty sure you guys care about these games too. So it's not really a meaningless game. And they do mean something to us. We're trying to get into the postseason. Mike says, why wouldn't Manny opt out? Uh, probably because of the talent on this team. He's comfortable in San Diego. He believes he can win in San Diego. And I believe when he is, or when he would opt out, wouldn't he be, yeah, he's already 30. So he'd be like 32 or something. 31. He can opt out, I think, after... Uh, the end of next season, right? Sorry, I'm looking up his contract. And he's getting paid $30 million a year. Every year until 2028. I mean, through 2028. And you get to live in San Diego. And you have an owner that's committed to spending money to bring in players. You have an owner that's committed to uh, making a very serious offer to Juan Soto. Where Where is he going to go um, that he'd be, I, I don't know, where else is, is he going to go where he'd be like more praised? Like Padre fans, if that makes sense, like Padre fans love Manny Machado. They respect they respect him watching him every day. They realize how valuable he is. And so, yeah, you could say, oh, why wouldn't he opt out? Uh, well, that's a long ways away. He could have an injury or something. He could have a down year next year. Um, and in 2024, he's going to be entering his age 31 season. So he's not, and we know people around baseball, if you're over 30, uh, you're probably not getting $30 million a year in free agency, over $30 million a year. And yet, do you think that he's going to get, what would that be? One, two, three, four, five, six. He's going to get a total of 180, maybe even more than that, 180 plus million dollars if he's 31 from a team that's a World Series contender that has an owner. Uh, that is committed to trying to win every year while he's in a Padre uniform or, or in that team's uniform. I don't know who that is. And I don't know if he wants to leave San Diego, to be honest. Like, it feels like to me that he loves being in San Diego.
I'm just going through the chat still here. Yeah, a lot of negative, a lot of negativity. Padres are a cancer to all great players. I mean, that's not true. Look at what Manny's done, but okay. Yeah, Mills says, how the hell are you going to blame anyone but the players for the lack of hitting? Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead and blame AJ. Oh, you went and acquired Juan Soto. What a terrible move. AJ's got to go. No, he did his job. All right, I think that's it. Don't see anything else that's worth reading in the chat. Um, disappointing series, obviously, but they got to move on. Got to move on to Seattle, Arizona. Drury's probably coming back for the Arizona series now. Clevenger and Darvish pitching uh, in the Seattle series. Disappointing. Uh, frustrated. Uh, frustration definitely um, is present, probably, in a lot of San Diegans. San Diegans that are actually Padres fans, not Dodger fans. Um, hopefully it'll change and turn around at some point, uh, but the whole team's got to play better. That's just the bottom line. All right. Episode 229, Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show is done. Ben Fan signing off. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Go Padres, and I'll see you later.